0: You are listening to Mind Over Myth, a podcast about creativity. Hello and welcome to this hopefully long-awaited fourth episode of this podcast. Although I suspect in reality that if you listen to the first three episodes, then you have probably forgotten all about them because... The last one was posted possibly back in May last year, so that was ages ago. Um, this is a conversation with a good friend of mine named Emily Seymour, and this was actually the very first conversation I recorded for this podcast, so it was way back in February last year. But nothing is dated; it's, it's totally relevant um, a year on. And because it was kind of a bigger, a bigger editing job, because it was a bit random, and we didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest. Um, I set it aside for when I had a bit more time, and then, of course, I was. Maybe a little bit ambitious in my goal of producing both a podcast and trying to write a song a day. Um, so I set the podcast aside for when I had a little bit of extra time to um, to work on it. And that time is now because I am so interested in these discussions, and I'm finding that I'm thinking about it all the time and it's kind of I guess unpacking this stuff is really helping me with both my own creative work and also thinking about my life and my career as a freelance musician. So Emily and I have known each other for quite a number of years and we used to live together. This was this was a long time ago um, and back then I was working in a bunch of temp office jobs and Emily was doing all of this creative stuff and I have to say that when I looked at what she did It wasn't that I was looking at her and saying, oh, wow, like, it's so amazing. She's doing all this creative stuff and she's, you know, making a living out of out of doing it. I was thinking, like, how the hell are you making a living doing this creative stuff? I just couldn't comprehend that um, someone could be, um, I guess, making a career out of out of doing what they loved. Um, so since then, I have come quite a long way in my own creative career and I have found my own creative path. And I think that's the thing. It's like everybody has a creative path, but perhaps some of us take a little bit longer to find our own creative path. And so listening to this conversation back with Emily, um, I really wish I'd listened to it a year ago when I'd recorded it because I think it would have helped me uh, with a lot of the stuff I was going through during the songwriting project, but it's also really nice to listen to it now and have some kind of distance to reflect on what she was um, discussing. And also what I was saying, because this was, this was a year ago and my thinking has, it hasn't changed, but it's, you know, like I've, I've learned so much in that year. Um, so I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and that you um, find it inspiring and helpful in your own creative lives and thinking about, Your creative careers and if you have any questions or comments feel free to email me and get in touch because I'd really love to continue the discussion and also if you are enjoying the podcast please subscribe and please rate the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher because that will help other people to find the podcast and join in on these discussions about creativity. So maybe I will introduce you you are Emily Seymour And you're based in Paris but you grew up in Melbourne yep yes Um, and you're here for a short holiday before you go back to land of croissants yeah for you butterless croissants exactly Um, and you are a multidisciplinary artist am I we could say say that. that yeah okay let's say that okay so what kind of maybe just tell me what sorts of things you what mediums you work with in your art
1: I well, firstly, I suppose I find it difficult to say art because everything I do is commercial, as we'd probably yes. say in yeah. um, in Australia, and certainly in France they make a big distinction, yeah. even between illustration and the kind of art that would appear yeah, okay, in a gallery cool. wall. Uh, here and in the States, and even in the UK, there's less of a line between... Um, illustration yep. uh, and art, but I, yeah. mean, I suppose in photography, yeah, there there is that distinction between yeah. fine art photography yeah. and commercial yeah. photography, okay. sure. so yeah, to to explain, I did a degree in scientific photography, and then I did some travelling, and I met a punk band, and ended up working with a singer who was also a visual artist, and he was more into sculpture and animation, and I was more into photography, yep. Um, and also drawing, I'd been drawing since forever um, and his style of drawing was really amazing and together our skills and our ideas kind of complemented each other and we worked together for five years making cool. illustrations for bands um, musicians, so making yep. uh, album covers um, t-shirt designs, posters, yep. music videos yep. and then I moved to Paris and he concentrated on his music and I concentrated on learning French, and then I went to art school and did a Master in Illustration and Fine Arts. Cool. And so now, yeah, I'm, I'm more or less doing the same thing, yep. a mix of photography, illustration, yep. graphic design, um, and music videos, including animated music videos. Oh, Awesome. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I find it interesting when you talk about the distinction between kind of commercial art and fine art, because I think for a lot of artists there's like that thing of like, I don't know, how are you going to make your living for starters? And often commercial work is the way that you do make a living by still doing what you love. And do you feel that, that you're still making art even though it's kind of got that maybe commercial commercial label? Is it still as much of a, of a like, I, I guess, a traditional artist's approach to making the work?
1: I don't, I, I feel, I don't see it. Don't, I don't feel the stigma of the label commercial in yeah. the way that some artists yeah. do. I think nowadays lots
0: of people don't because it's how lots of people are making a living from their work because you don't get big commissions so often for a big fine art piece so you've got to find other ways.
1: Yeah. I think even my approach, I would much rather collaborate with a musician or a band and use their ideas and their starting place or just bring my ideas into the world that they've created with their music and their album. Um, rather than just saying, "Well, I want to make this and I want to yeah. express this idea," yeah. Yeah. I, I much prefer that collaborative process. Yeah. Um, and you know, even even a commission, even a graphic design commission yeah. for a logo, feels much more collaborative yeah. than me imposing yeah. any ideas. Okay. Um, so I think that's that's how I feel about cool. it.
0: Cool. Cool. So with collaboration, because we're kind of trying to talk about creativity, so that maybe leads us nicely into. Um, how you think creativity fits into that kind of collaborative process and whether that makes it easier to be creative, having that kind of maybe a collaborative restriction or the kind of guidelines that you get from working with somebody else and someone else's ideas.
1: Yeah, I really like that starting point. So say a band's written an album on a particular theme, Um, I really like coming up with a visual idea of, of what that sound looks like. Yeah. Yep. Um, some bands will come come to me with a really clear idea of what kind yep. of imagery they want yep. and for others you have the music and you have to visualise that yep. Yep. and then make that vision a reality.
0: Yep. Are there problems working collaboratively with kind of, like you don't have to go into any details, <laughs> but maybe just some of, the, some of the general issues that you find? that you, you may not have if you're working just for yourself, working on a project of your own. Because I find for me, a lot of the time, it's not to do with the actual work, but it's all of the other stuff around it, like maybe relationships or trying to communicate and dealing with... like I, I know you kind of deal a little bit in two time zones, depending where you are in the world, so I imagine that is probably one of the challenges that you're, that you're yeah. dealing with in your work.
1: Yeah, for the most part, the time difference... Actually, can be an advantage because if I have to work through the night to have yeah. something ready for yeah. nine am yeah. uh, the next day in the other country,
0: yeah.
1: um, I haven't found that to be a disadvantage yeah. at all. Yeah. Particularly with the internet and yeah. communication yeah. being so yeah. much so much easier. Other yeah. um, problems? Don't think so. No. I mean, in every profession, you have clients who can be difficult. Yeah. Or you just yeah. have differences yeah. of opinion yeah. or differences of vision.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's part of the job is learning how to manage that and kind of manage your own expectations of like what you want to create as an artist and what they want out of like as their product. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about a little bit about creativity kind of in general. And I think that creativity is full of myths. Like there's lots of people believe certain things about creativity that you have to be born with it, that it is like, if you don't have it, then you can't develop it. And it's just like, inspiration comes down from some like magical place and hits you in the head and then suddenly you're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna like create this thing which I think is just absolute like it's just crap that it's not true so I mean maybe can we talk about like maybe we'll start with kind of inspiration I'm making the air quotes with my hand here but you can't see that um (laughs) and what sorts of things like what kind of techniques or tools you use to I guess inspire yourself in your work
1: yeah, I'm going to give you an answer that you're not going to yeah, like. That's fine. actually, sometimes ideas do come to me from the ether, Yes. That, and I really I don't that, know yeah. where they come from. I
0: think that, I find that too, but I find that they always come when I'm working hard. So they kind of obviously have been forming somewhere thanks to the kind of work that I've been doing. I don't know if that's... Okay. Yeah.
1: I think they come to me when I'm open to it. Yeah. And when yes, I'm in a fairly yeah. relaxed state. So yeah. when I'm ready to receive them, oh, Yeah, that yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um, because even sometimes in, in that half-dream state between yeah. being in a deep sleep and yeah. waking up, yeah. sometimes there'll be something there yeah. and I'll wake up and I'll say, yes, yeah. this, this needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, there are ideas that appear and then they're in my head and they yeah. don't leave me alone until yeah. I create them.
0: <laughs> Someone's calling me. Sorry. I should have turned my phone off. This is Emily's the first person I've interviewed for this podcast, so I'm still uh, (laughs) I'm still working out what we're going to do. I'm going to turn my phone off right now. Okay. So I, because I feel that um, I like, I know for me ideas will often feel like they've come out of nowhere, but it's often down to like I know you probably do a lot of research and and I guess just immersing yourself in in kind of. All sorts of creative worlds, yeah, which is is helping to facilitate those sorts of of like kind of brainwave moments or like strokes of yeah kind of divine inspiration. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, I think um, the ideas that come from the ether are not the majority of ideas yeah. that come. Yeah. And if I'm working on a certain commission or um, yeah you know, any yeah any kind of job, it's a lot of research and yeah. a lot of making connections between one idea and another, yep, yep. so a sound and an image, yep. or a theme and a technique. Yeah. And Have you got any go-to research sort of tools or things that you go to first off when you're starting something new? If it's for music, it's a matter of listening to that music over and over and over and thinking about the colours that I see, whether it's more dark, more light, more bright, uh, or less saturated. Um, image search yep. on the internet yep. is yep. a big thing. Yep. Um, but that's also when I really know specifically what I want to look for. Mm-hmm. And pen and paper.
0: Yep. What kind of stuff? Like sketching or writing?
1: Sketching and writing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: How about when you're feeling like particularly creatively blocked up? Do you, I don't know if you ever, ever feel creatively, creatively blocked and you have to like do some stuff to kind of break past
1: that? I think I feel creatively blocked when uh, life means that I have to do a whole lot of the kind of less creative yep. commercial yep. work yep. to make ends meet, yep. rather than being able to do okay. more creative projects yeah. that I'd like to do.
0: Yeah. And I suppose that comes down to being, kind of immersing yourself in a creative world, which then facilitates more creativity, where if you're not actively immersed in that world, then things can, just the ideas maybe stop. Flowing as freely as
1: they were. Honestly, what I do is I go for a walk.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And I was listening to an interview with Kate Miller Heidke like a yep. million years ago. Yeah. And she was talking about how being next to water can help yeah, with inspiration. Okay. Yeah. And how she got inspiration even washing the dishes. Yeah. But I find walking along the river yeah. really helps for yeah. so just walking. Yep. yep. Um, And shaking out my head and my limbs. Yeah, I would
0: agree with you. I remember in one songwriting class that one of my teachers suggested that going for a walk was a really good way of when you're stuck to kind of just because the ideas are still kind of ticking away in the back of your mind. um, The thing I found with this project is that I have less time to be kind of working through the ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of having to find ways of forcing myself to, I guess, like just push through when really nothing wants to wants to come out and then even just that kind of five minute a five minute break to do something else often helps to reset you a little bit i've
1: never tried it with five minutes normally it takes a good i know well that's
0: that's the thing so yeah a few hours but even just like stopping what you're doing just to do something else i found actually cooking was kind of a good a good way of because i have to cook and i have to eat so if i take if i take my like you know half an hour to make lunch or an hour to make dinner
1: well, it's also a manual task, yeah. and so it, then yeah. your concentration is more in what your hands are yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe your other senses, yeah. your nose and yeah. your mouth.
0: Yeah. So you said when we were talking earlier, you wanted to talk about failure, ah! and you wanted to talk about my failure, but um, maybe No, not about your no, failure. About, about failure your concern my, of, my concern about of failure. failure. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Because if I want to talk about your failure, it sounds like <laughs> I'm I... suggesting that you're a, you're a failure. <laughs>
0: So that, I mean that's something we were talking about a little bit, and that I've been writing about is this kind of, um, I guess, the fear of failure or, or the fear of being judged for for my work and being like having the work as a an extension of myself as a person. And so if you know people see my work and it's not good enough, then they're going to think that I'm not good enough as a person, which is just I mean it's stupid because it's not true, but it's such a hard feeling to kind of push out of your mind when you're really feeling the kind of negative self talk that creeps in
1: yeah and when you've made a commitment to base your life around your art or yeah. your music yeah yeah then you want to be making the most of it yeah. and making the best yeah. of yeah. it, and doing yeah. the best job possible
0: yeah do you find that you have a distinction between your life and your art or is it all kind of does it all kind of just feed into the one, like, thing that is that is you?
1: There is, yeah, there's no distinction yeah. between yeah. what I do for fun and what yeah. I do to earn a living. Yeah. And, yep. yeah, there are connections between everything I do.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, maybe, like, some people sort of feel that they're, I don't know, maybe they, they need to have a break. They need to have their, their kind of art and their work as one, one thing and then they need a break. Like, maybe they do something absolutely unrelated but other people feel that it's not kind of I don't know, there's there's they get enough from from the art that it can kind of sustain their whole life rather than needing to take a break from it.
1: Yeah. I think I just I just love being immersed in all things creative, yeah. which is the main reason why yeah. I moved to Paris. Yeah. Um so that if I'm working on too much photography I can go out and see a printmaking yeah. exhibition. Yeah. I can spend an afternoon drawing or writing and yeah. then go out and see a concert yeah. at night um, and I take dance classes as well cool. and everything feels yeah. really complimentary and yeah. that I'm, I'm feeding I have enough creative input to be creating enough creative output
0: yeah 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 that's uh, that's a good way of putting it
1: well here's a funny thing and here's what I was thinking about on my way here um, so when I was working my final master's project yep. I was listening to all of this motivational stuff on yeah. the internet yeah. because I was really struggling um, not so much with the ideas and the creative side yeah. but the sitting down yeah. and doing the work so once yeah. all the creation had happened in my mind and I knew exactly what to do it was just about executing yeah. the ideas yeah. and that was the really difficult part of sitting yeah. in the chair yeah. um, so I was listening to you know Elizabeth Gilbert and she's written this book called Big Magic about yeah. creativity yeah. Um, and she had been interviewed by many people and there were videos on youtube sure i went as far as listening to oprah yeah uh i really needed help you know i needed some extra super positive reinforcement yeah um a friend of mine gave me uh this awful uh cd of this scientologist called grand cardo (laughs) um and he he kind of talks to you like this cliche the american gym coach like if you're not succeeding, then you're failing. Yeah. And you should get out of bed <laughs> ten hours earlier than you normally would. Yeah. yeah. In the end, I don't know if that helped or not, but yeah. towards the end of that year, um, Corey Maccabee, who's the director of The American Astronaut, I yeah. don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's this fantastic film. Um, he released his new album. Yeah. Um, he's a filmmaker and a musician yeah, okay. um, called The Small Star Seminar. And It's kind of like the opposite of Grand Cardone and the opposite of all of these motivational things where he's singing about, basically, it will never be your time. Don't think that you're the precious diamond. Don't think that you're the lotus. You're the mud that the lotus grows in. So just let the other people shine. (laughs) Let someone else be the lotus. And I've never heard anything so funny in my life. But actually it really started to work on me, this idea of, okay, well... Not so much about failure, but more about mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. And what am I doing and what am I working towards? And what kind of value does my art have? Because it's one thing to write a pretty song, it's one thing to paint a pretty picture, and it's all very nice, but how do you even measure success Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of value am I bringing? And what is the point of doing all this creative stuff, it's not really very practical, and though we could argue that bringing joy to someone's life is a practical and necessary thing, is it just pleasant or is it truly good for the world? So I got really tangled up in these kind of ideas, and I'm not sure that I'm entirely out of it just yet, but in the end it it became about the work and not really about me, um... And I just feel that if there are certain ideas that need to be made, then I need to make them. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a very good conclusion to my story either. That's okay.
0: Well, the thing about the work is interesting because that's when I feel the least judgmental of myself when I'm sitting down and, like, really, like... I don't want to get too nerdy kind of songwriting or music composition stuff, but there's, like, you can do serial composition where you kind of take numbers and then the numbers, you assign them, like, note values, and then you end up with a weird set of notes that don't sound any good together, but, like, your kind of problem is to put that into something that then sounds musical and and makes some kind of musical sense. And that's like... It's just like sitting down and doing a puzzle, and there's no... um, You can kind of remove your personal judgment a lot from the process, which helps to... That helps me to just keep working, and then, I don't know, like... I find it interesting that when you were talking about how you found it hard to actually do the work, whereas the creative side was easier for you. Whereas I find that if I'm immersed in too much of a kind of like maybe creative land, and there's there's just too many ideas, and it's hard to sift through them and work out, because I start judging like I'm like oh what if I like this one was the way I should have gone, or this was the this mm-hmm. was a good idea.
1: You need some structure. Yeah, then.
0: I think I think the structure. I mean that helps me, but that's that's just my my own practice. Yeah, and that's what works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I see you how you're surrounded by all these kinds of musical instruments so in a way um, that's wonderful because yeah. you have all of this choice and in yeah. another way it's a little bit overwhelming yeah. because you also have yeah you you can also adapt your style to yeah. different instruments different styles yeah. of music and I imagine that can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So sometimes for me it's about choosing the technique so if I'm working on yeah. an album cover for example or yeah. a video it's like okay well I'm going to use this yeah. technique already that's a restriction yeah yep. a technical restriction that yep. I have to apply the creativity yep. with it yep. and yep. yeah that does help
0: yeah I mean because part of the thing with failure for me is often the comparison to other people and I don't know if you find the same thing that there's there's kind of and often it's not even a real person it's like the imaginary person in your mind who you're competing with like that person who just happens to be better at whatever it is you're trying to do, or more successful.
1: Yeah, or more successful at a younger age. Yeah,
0: that's that's kind of a big thing. It's yeah. like the musical prodigy or the art prodigy, exactly. like the 13 year old who's on YouTube. I remember there was a certain age where I realised I was too old to be a child prodigy, and it was kind of... <laughs> <laughs>
1: And your it was, world was shattered. Yeah, it was sort of. It was
0: sort of too depressing. It, it was a little bit depressing at the time, but it was also really freeing because I was like, "Well, like that's, that's okay because like, I can now just kind of work out what I want to do. Whatever success I make will be because of the work that I make and not because of some kind of novelty factor. Not that there's anything like wrong with you know like young people who are really talented at what they do, but there is that kind of, I guess that that novelty. Yeah. I remember I was busking once and this guy told me that he would he wasn't going to pay me any money because he only gave money to children because it was more impressive to see a, ch- a child busking oh <laughs> okay but I think there's like there is a definite real, kind real of music lover yeah there. I know a real music lover but there is that sort of thing in society that there's kind of this this I guess like fetishization of youth and mm. I don't know if I mean, now we're going to get into maybe some, like, feminist issues here, which is fine, because I feel, like, as a as a woman, there is a definite, like, pressure to be, kind of, I guess, like, young and attractive and, like, that's... You can build a career off that often more than you can build a career off your work. You've got to work a lot harder.
1: Right. I think that's in the music world. Yeah, possibly, the... yeah
0: I guess so. In the art world, it's it's really different.
1: Yeah, and I found myself in every single uh In the world of making music videos i 'd walk into a studio and everyone there is male yeah most of the successful illustrators I know are male yeah, um, yeah. that's probably changing a bit more but yeah well uh, i guess it's i mean
0: it's similar in the music industry like the people it's, it's a really male dominated industry yeah and kind of there are certain roles for female musicians and i feel I feel actually like there are kind of there's sometimes only enough space for a female to kind of fit in that scene. And so if, you know, that space is already taken up by somebody else, then you have to work really hard to, to make your space. Like maybe there's, there's a space for the, you know, female, like female music video Mm -hmm. animator, which is already filled. So then how do you, how do you find, either find your own space to fill or kind of just push your way, push your way in through.
1: Yeah. And also not buy into it. Yeah. not buy into the whole idea that, Oh, uh, Okay, there isn't any space for me here. Yeah, it's yep. intimidating. Yep, there yep. are no other women around. Yeah, maybe I don't belong here.
0: Yeah, I don't really have any answers for it. And there's, you know, there's so much writing and so much thinking about this these kind of issues happening. And there's there's some stuff happening. Like in, I guess I'm kind of in the jazz, the jazz world. And there's a lot of stuff happening in our industry. This kind of a little bit of a groundswell of discussion about it because it is a really heavily male dominated industry and it's kind of jazz is a dying art form. So the only way it's going to survive is if younger people kind of take an interest and And and, are encouraged and are encouraged. Exactly. And so I guess there's the thing of role models. Like you want someone who kind of, you want to see you as a, as a role model.
1: Like you can't be what you can't. see. Yeah,
0: exactly. So there's a, especially for younger, like young, young women and young girls to see kind of successful women Kind of, it's really empowering mm-hmm. for them.
1: Yeah, and hopefully more women who don't necessarily fit into this kind of ideal that we have yeah. now—they yeah. have to look like Beyoncé yeah. yeah. to succeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen this documentary called Misrepresentation? No, I haven't. But um, I it's uh, about the representation of women in the media, yeah. and okay. this very idea okay. that awesome. you have to fit into this yeah. uh, mold. Yeah. Um And also the way we see women represented and how that trickles down yeah. through society yep. Yep. and how young girls are affected. Yeah. Um, and do you know this group of artists called the Gorilla Girls? No. No, I'm going to... I think they've been around since the 70s or 80s. Yeah, okay. I should have looked this up before I talked about it. But, That's okay. Um, yeah, they, they started making these political statements, yeah. uh, wearing guerrilla masks, yeah. cool. um, about the number of women artists, or visual artists, yeah. who are represented yeah. in art museums. Yeah. And I think one of their famous posters yeah. was that uh, 98% of artists in the Met Museum in York are men. Yeah. Um, but there are lots and lots of paintings of naked women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really that yeah. kind of idea. Yeah. So okay. yeah, women are represented, but they're represented. Yeah. Yeah. Not as artists but as, as objects. Naked yeah. objects yeah. 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 And at the same time we're at this point uh, We're in the selfie era Where yeah. it's really It's so much more important to Have a brand
0: yes. And yeah.
1: present yourself In a certain way yeah. in order to get a certain Amount of attention rather yeah. than necessarily Focusing on the work yeah. that you're creating And the actual yeah. creative part Yeah. I mean already It's difficult enough working on any kind of Creative job where at least 50% of your time is taken up doing non-creative things. Yes. yeah. Running your business. Yeah. Or, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's an interesting kind of segue maybe into, I guess, like, the internet and the... Because I find that I spend way more time working on that kind of stuff, like uploading things to social media and writing blog posts and all of that, I guess the stuff that I feel is non-creative, I spend way more time on that than I do on the actual creative work but it's kind of a it's absolutely necessary for making any kind of living because if people don't don't know who you are and you're not an option for them to you know hire you for, what, for some kind of job because a lot of the old I guess traditional avenues are like I don't know if a, for a visual artist maybe you would have been represented by an agency in the past and and had worked through an agency which still happens but I know you're more of a self a self-managed artist really
1: yeah, we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there are still agencies yeah. around, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I think the internet is kind of both a blessing and a curse. Yeah,
0: it has definitely opened up. I mean, it, it gives you the power to be a self-managed artist. Um, you don't have to work through an agency, and you don't have to rely on them to find your work, and maybe, huh. you know, you just have to say yes to lots of jobs because that you wouldn't have said yes to if you were making the decisions purely on your own. But it also... It's that kind of level of work you have to put in to manage yourself.
1: Yeah. But then again, the the possibilities of promotion worldwide yes. are yeah. enormous. Yeah, and are. if you happen to hit one of these waves, can be yeah. really really wonderful. Yeah, working in the visual fields, I have really mixed feelings about it as well because, in terms of being a photographer, um, things like Instagram I mean that everyone thinks they're a photographer now. Yeah, yeah, and having done a university degree in order to really learn the science, yeah. the technical side of photography, yep. as well as the creative side of photography and how to apply that effectively yep. and to suddenly, or not suddenly, but you know, over the last few years find that everyone thinks they know what they're doing, yeah. which really has devalued photography yeah. in the eyes of a lot of yeah. clients. Yep and you know sometimes I've given a quote and people have said oh no I'll just I'll just take it with my iPhone yeah Yeah. and I want to fall off my chair
0: well I guess that's then why how I mean you have to find a way of of I guess talking about the value of your of your work and right that's I justifying it yeah yeah
1: um thanks Instagram
0: yeah and that's and that's kind of like another thing that can really all of that stuff is is thinking about your brand and your how you present yourself and like pitching for jobs is another thing that you can really take away from your energy to actually want to create and yeah it's that's the thing i find that a really difficult balancing act is is that kind of balance between between i guess the admin side of of your creative life and your like making you know the artwork or making the
1: yeah. And the the practical admin side can be really disheartening.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: At times. Especially I don't know, freelancing can be a really feast or famine yeah kind of lifestyle yes. where sometimes yeah. you're completely overwhelmed by yeah. too many things to do and yep. you're working all yeah. through the night and at other times where's the work?
0: Yeah. So do you find I mean, do you find that both extremes affect your you creatively? Like when you've got too much on and you're stressed or when you don't have enough on and you're stressed about where your next, you know, paycheck's coming from.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part of the reason why I do so many things, aside yeah. from I get bored very yeah. easily. Yeah. And just that I genuinely enjoy uh, doing all of these yeah. different things. I really enjoy animation as much as I enjoy photography, as much as I enjoy yeah. drawing or printmaking, yeah. Yeah. all of these things. It really helps to be able to uh, say yes. When yeah. people say, oh, well... Uh, you know, back in the day, I used to make websites as well. And they would say, yeah. "Oh, we need an album cover. We also need a website. Yeah. We also need some T-shirts." And I yeah. say "Yes, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes," and that would really help.
0: Yeah. So, do you ever say no now? Have you? Are you at the point where you can say no to things, or do you still say yes to almost everything that comes your way?
1: I think I have a problem with saying no in general. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and this might have to do with being a female, uh, kind of people pleasing. You know, yeah. we're raised in this way. Yeah. Uh, to be very nice and say yes yep. and there are many times where I should have said no yep. yeah. and saved myself some pain yeah. but I think also because I, I get excited by a new yeah. challenge I think, yeah. and someone yeah. says can you do this I say yes yeah. and I really want to do it I yeah. really want to succeed yeah. it also has to do with that
0: Yeah, I, f- I, I don't know I feel quite kind of similar because I find it hard to say to say no but I know there's definitely times when you should just say no even if it sounds like such a a fantastic interesting opportunity if it doesn't fit with your life at the time then there's nothing wrong with with saying no and saying no in a nice way that you can kind of hopefully like they'll come back with you know yeah when the time is when right. the time is right yeah. exactly so another
1: thing about instagram and facebook and all these other social media sites yep. is it really is a breeding ground for a comparison yeah you kind of yeah. can't help it and i'm looking at a lot of other illustrators and photographers and Thinking, I wish I I was them. I yeah. I wish I w- I could be creating the same yeah. level of work as them. Yeah. And th- yeah, how are you measuring success? Yeah. Both creatively and yeah. in terms of yeah. your career. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Is it, is success the fact that I sold, you know, more albums than somebody else doing a similar thing, or is success that I created a piece of art that I think is an expression of of myself at that point in time?
1: Yeah. And I think Which, in that case, yeah. it has to be about the yeah. work, doesn't yeah. it? It has to be about. Realizing the project that you yeah. set out to yeah. create,
0: yep. Yeah.
1: And once you've attained yeah. that that level yeah. of uh, creative achievement, yeah, and once the work feels complete, yep, yeah. I think it has to be about yeah. that. yep. Yeah. The difficulty comes in when you're looking at uh, building a career, yeah. Yeah. and wanting exactly. to be wanting yeah. to attain a certain level of success. Yes, yeah, meaning critical yes. success yeah. and probably some kind of financial yeah. success as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think there has to be a separation between the two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think some people find it easier to separate the creative success from the career success, so just making work for themselves and not worrying about having to earn an income off it. But there's I guess there's that I know you feel it that you wouldn't want to be doing anything else, so right. you've found a way of making a living off what you want to do, which means you have to sacrifice a little bit of that and deal with the the difficult parts. Definitely.
1: Yeah, there are many sacrifices. Yeah.
0: But then are there a sacrifice? Like, you know, I mean neither of us own houses, but do you feel I don't I will own a castle one day. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure to like, you know, buy a house and kind of, you know, settle down and and have that asset behind you but I'm going straight for the castle. Yeah. Skipping the house stage. Straight for the (laughs) castle. I'll
1: come and live in your castle. No mediocrity in my future. Yep. No, bit, again, in terms of when we were talking about the obsession with youth... Yes. ...I like to think that I am slowly but steadily progressing. Yeah. And that it will be a continuous climb towards the heights of yeah. whatever potential I may have. Yeah. Rather than hitting a certain point where I can say, now I'm successful. Yeah. That I'll just continue to improve. Yeah. And for me, that takes... That idea takes some of the pressure yeah, off.
0: I think so. And it's kind of depressing to think that you re- reach this like, level of success and then you're done. Right. Because then that takes all of the fun away of the of yeah. the process. You
1: know, I had a little bit of that uh, last year after I finished my studies. Yeah. I said, okay, well, I've come to Paris. I've been to art school. I've learned the language. Now what do I do? Yeah. What is the greater goal? Well, I just yeah. have to keep yeah. shuffling yeah. up this hill. Yeah. and getting better technically, and yeah. hopefully developing yeah. my creative side as well, Yeah, and trying not to get too stuck in this comparison thing. Yeah. So yeah. looking at the other artists and feeling encouraged by them, and yeah. wanting to yeah bring yeah. everyone up together, yeah. Yeah. and just appreciating that yeah. these people exist, and that they're yeah. creating such wonderful things that then in turn motivate me, hopefully yeah. in a more positive rather yeah. than a, a negative way, Yeah. Uh, in a negative comparison way, but really in a positive comparison yeah. way, in that, okay... They're making amazing stuff. Yeah, I wanna I wanna reach that level. Yeah. I I need to keep practicing and getting yeah. better and better. Yeah, and hopefully finding the kinds yeah. of uh, clients and bands yes. and musicians who will work with me to yeah. take me there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a really good point about the practice is that even you see someone who is who you feel like is you know this successful. They've made it, whatever that that means to you. But of course they're still often they're still practicing and they're still working on their technique and, and it's kind of easy just to see the success and not realize that there's all this other the work that goes on oh, behind the scenes. So it's nice, to, it's nice to know that other people are still, you know, even if you feel like they've reached this level of success, they're still practicing and they're still trying things out and experimenting and they still feel like they're developing and growing.
1: Yeah, well that's part of the branding too, like yeah. we all have to make it look so easy, yeah. you know, yeah. we will post to Instagram yeah. several times a day because we're just producing so much work, yeah. we are so prolific, Yeah, we just have creative creativity, you know, rolling <laughs> off us. Yeah, even
0: in my daily song, like I'm, it's kind of, a lot of them are works in progress, but there's like all of this other stuff that doesn't get, doesn't make it at all, like all yeah. of this kind of stuff that sounds like just weird or terrible
1: or yeah. Well, it's also why it's so interesting that you are also writing about your process, because it doesn't. I mean, if you just posted that video, it would look like another, just another. Oh yeah, Yeah. I just created another song. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, just pulled it out of my back (laughs) pocket. There you go. Here's another video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what's really, really interesting about it is that we do hear about that creative process. Yeah. And that side of things is so often hidden.
0: Yeah. And I think the more we can talk about it, the more like creativity becomes open to everybody to to explore it's not just for this kind of little elite few which is the child prodigies yeah. and the
1: yeah ether receivers yeah. Any,
0: anyone everyone is creative and everyone can can kind of yeah okay there.
1: so here's another thing that i talk about too often is that especially in this country sporting activities are really encouraged yeah but we get to a certain age and we stop encouraging people to draw yeah. or to make music. Yeah. When we're young, we all sing together all of the yeah. time, yeah. and at some age it becomes almost shameful yeah. unless you're making it a profession, yeah. because yeah. it is all about professionalization yeah. in the creative fields. Yeah. Um, even for me, doing, I'm mean, using so many techniques in my work, yeah. it's kind of frowned upon. People yeah. say, well, what are, you, what are you doing? You're not very serious, so yeah. it's just kind of jack of all trades business. Yeah. You should really be mastering one. Um, which I attempted to do in studying at art school, but I'm yeah. still I'm still spread between all of these different yeah. things, and I would really like to encourage that kind of approach. Yeah. Most creative people I know are skilled in more than one area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you sing and play all of these instruments, and you draw, and you paint, and you do embroidery, and you're involved in lots of different kinds of things, yeah. and writing too. Yeah. I
0: it's always really felt dark. I f- I felt found that really hard because I didn't know where to like which kind of thing to take. Cause I have friends who are like maybe more one track in their creativity and they just have that one thing that they love doing yeah. and they do it really well. And I always was really jealous of them because they just knew that that, that was the thing they were going to do. Whereas for me, I didn't know whether I wanted to do. I think those kind or... of people are more rare than, yeah, me. I think so. And there's, and I think that's, if we need to talk a little bit more about that. It's okay to have a broad kind of creative yeah. practice and then,
1: and even people who don't work in creative fields yeah. can continue creating exactly. even past yeah. the year, yeah. age of, yeah. you know, twelve, thirteen, yeah. when it seems to all stop. Yeah. Um, I think it should really be like, like any kind of sporting yeah. activity yeah. that we keep developing yeah. these yeah. these skills.
0: Yep, yeah. and it doesn't have to. I mean, a sporting activity you do it for fun and you do exactly. it for,
1: and it's, for
0: it's like a physical fitness, but right. these kind of creative activities, kind of for mental fitness, are huge.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I think with anything like drawing or photography, it can be kind of solitary as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, you know, we used to have art classes all drawing yeah. together, and I, yeah. I, I wish it could be more yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, music is a little bit more social, because you're often playing in bands, or you're sort playing of, but there's the concerts bulk of with the, people.
0: I would say the bulk of my time is by myself. Practicing yeah.
1: alone. Yeah. So why do you think that happens though? Why do you think we stop singing together? Well, I mean, maybe you kept singing all the time. I'm not sure if you were singing with. The, I mean, I know I these did, families who yeah. sing all together. I did. Be, I, I think it's because I had two
0: two sisters, and that's what we like to do together. We like to sing songs from ah. Disney movies and stuff. So I think that was that was definitely part of my of my upbringing. I didn't have a particularly musical upbringing. Like I didn't. My parents didn't sort of force me to learn instruments or anything like that. I started kind of late, but there was always this kind of like there was always music mm-hmm. and I did a lot of dancing which is you know music involved in that as well I mean I I felt the pressure when I finished high school that I needed to do something that was going to be a more like stable career option mm-hmm. and I chose I, I I did a few auditions for or well, like interviews for graphic design courses because that's like kind of the commercial side is where you can make a bit of money You're right and then I did I, I did a whole lot of things before I ended up coming to music.
1: Yeah, um, almost like you were kind of resisting the creative yeah, path but in the end bit, you couldn't. Yeah. yeah. And how are you feeling about that career path choice now? Yeah, I feel
0: pretty good. I don't think I would I, I wouldn't go back. I'm glad that I had the experiences that I did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of this is the track that I'm on.
1: Yeah. So do you also feel like it's going to be this steady shuffle up the hill? Towards yeah, I reaching think so. I think so
0: as well. And if, you know, music is always going to be a part of what I do, but it doesn't always have to be what you know exactly what I do to earn a living. At the moment, it is, but there's you know there's other things that I'm that I'm kind of interested in, and I'm quite interested to see where where this project takes me as well.
1: Me too, because I always think I mean I like to imagine that I'm never really locked into this kind of thing. Yeah, I may decide to do something completely yeah. different later in life. Yeah. Should I be lucky enough or fortunate enough to live so long? (laughs) Yeah. As long as I have my
0: castle.
1: Yeah. Then
0: you'll be fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You might need some some staff to run. Yeah. You have been listening to Mind Over Myth, hosted and produced by Erica Bramham. Our theme music is Two Acorns from the album Twelve Moons. It was composed and performed by Erica Bramham and features Nathan Liao on piano, Adam Spiegel on bass and Justin Olsen on drums.